listening to Tassie Encounters and this is Faith FM. Today we have our guest uh, presenter, our program presenter, David Maxwell. Hi, David. How are you, Jason? Yeah. Good to have you here this morning. I'm good. I'm good. Um, and I forgot to mention your program title, which is Amazing Love. We're going to talk about that in a little bit, but uh, your program today, um, first in the series, is titled Amazing Love. I look mm. forward to uh, working through this series with you. Now, David, just um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thanks, Jason. Well, I'm uh, an ex-Queenslander, I guess you can say. Banana bender. Um, you're becoming Queensland. Becoming a Tasmania. Becoming. Well, trying. <laughs> trying to become. It, I'm, I'm told it takes quite a while in Tasmania to become a Tasmanian, so yeah. I guess I've got a long road ahead. Yeah. I spent about uh, 18 years in WA as well, so... I'm not sure if you'd call me a Queenslander or a West Australian or just an Australian. Just an Australian. I think we can settle with that, hey? Yes, yes. So I'm married, um, one wife, one daughter. I think that's the the proper order. Uh, I have five siblings. Um, So we had a pretty big family growing up. I had uh, two older brothers and then it was me. I was the third one down. A younger brother and two younger sisters. So we, uh, we, we had... A really good uh, family dynamic. Yeah. I joined uh, the Air Force when I was 15. I I guess uh, from my era, home life was fairly disciplined. And so with that discipline uh, came a desire to escape from that discipline. Yeah. So when I was 15, uh, back then you could uh, do an apprenticeship. I decided I'd join the Air Force. Both my older brothers, by the way, joined the Air Force. And I thought, well, I might just follow them. They seem to have been able to get away from home, uh, earn some income, and the discipline in the Defence Force, for me, uh, wasn't really a hassle because uh, in my home life we had, as I said, a very disciplined uh, upbringing. So it was quite so familiar to you. Yes, it was very familiar. And the benefit was when I joined uh, the Air Force, yes, it was still disciplined, but I didn't I didn't get uh, punished every week, <laughs> um, and and I got paid for it. So for me, it was a it was a great benefit. Yeah, good. Yeah, so so doing us, that, I, I became an aircraft mechanic. Okay, uh, t- did, tell tell us what an aircraft mechanic does. Oh, okay, that's that's a good question. Briefly, uh, aircraft, briefly. <laughs> yeah, aircraft mechanic works on the uh, the airframe of an aircraft. Um, the wheels, tyres, brakes, hydraulics, all of those mechanical things. Yeah, okay. We're, we're the ones that keep it flying in the air. Well, without the engines, of course. Of course, and, and I guess uh, the, the pilots are relying on you to do your job properly. Yes, that's right. And, and I used to love going up for the test flights. And, I, you know, I had faith in my own work. Yeah. And I enjoyed doing that. So you actually would fly on the planes with the other pilots? Uh, well, you would fly with the pilots. Yeah, yeah, not, uh, actually, often. yeah. yeah not, not actually be the pilot, the but the fly plane. with them. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Well, actually, when I got out of the Air Force, I went and did some contract work in Oakey in Queensland for the Army, Army Aviation. Yeah. And that's where I actually got to have some hands-on flying time because you'd get to know the pilots, the Iroquois, have I'll talk a little bit about that next time. The Iroquois have a weight requirement, so you had to have two people in the front. Uh, okay. uh, that was that was really good. I'll talk about that a bit more next time. Yeah, that's good. Now, uh, late uh, in life, you changed profession from uh, the Air Force. You went into something else, I believe. 
Ah, yes, yes. I I did a number of things, actually. I spent a number of years in restaurant work. I was a grill cook. I was a vegetarian, but I was a grill cook cooking meat. That was was quite a dichotomy. Interesting. (laughs) Yes, yes. Uh, But I learned to do it well. And then also um, managed a restaurant for a while, some of you would be familiar with the Sizzler Chain of Restaurants. Uh, yes. I was manager there for a little while. Wow. Also in a a, a uh, restaurant in Melbourne, Adelaide and WA. In WA they had two of them, and it was called Fast Eddie's. Wow. I don't have it in Melbourne anymore, and neither in Adelaide. There's only one shop in, in WA. Okay. And did that for a while as well, managing that. And then I moved into information technology, or IT as they like to call it. The, the always and, the always changing uh, career. <laughs> yeah, look, it was interesting. It was interesting, Jason, because looking back, you can see how God leads you through life. Yeah. But at the time, it was just moving from one career to another, the things that I enjoyed. Yeah. But as I was working in IT, God called me to change career almost completely. And so I moved away from that, and I've now become a church pastor, ordained a little while ago. And I work now in Launceston, uh, Scottsdale, and Georgetown being a church pastor. Awesome, awesome. Well, thanks for uh, sharing a little bit about you. Now, just take a break uh, from our discussion for a moment just to remind our listeners that um, Faith FM is on 87.6, 87.8 and 88.0. So depending on where you are, you might need to tune to different frequencies. And uh, if you have trouble getting the signal, you can also use the Faith FM app um, on the App Store, the Android App Store or the Apple App Store. You can search for Faith FM Australia. It's a great way to either catch up on programs that you've missed or uh, listen to it without the interruption of changing frequencies and things like that. So the, the, the app is great, or you can just go to the website, faithfm.com.au. So um, we uh, hope you can continue to listen. We're going to enjoy uh, a series. Um, this is the, the day five of our program in Tassie, in Tassie Encounters. And uh, we're going to look forward to spending some time with David each Friday morning. So, David, um, tell us a little bit about what your program is going to be about. It's titled Amazing Love. Yeah, thanks, Jason. Look, in this series, I want to share a picture of God's amazing love through a Bible chapter. We're going to spend some time digging in deep into a particular Bible chapter. Some are familiar with it called the Shepherd's Psalm or Psalm 23. What I'm hoping is that many will see how practical God's love is. Um, how practical it is for us to be able to come and understand his amazing love as we take an in-depth look at this uh, particular psalm. But before I before I dig in this morning and, and start start us off, what I would like us to do is to just pause for a moment and pray. I like to pray before I open God's word. Okay. Father, I want to thank you that we've got your word here still today and we can rely on it. Father, I pray that you would speak to us as we read it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Many years ago, I was over in a place called Albany in Western Australia, south of Perth, and we were invited to some friend's place. They had this wonderful uh, uh, shed. Well, we call it a shed. They'd they'd done so much to it that when they first built the shed, they made it into a a dwelling. And on the farm, they, they allowed people to come and 
stay there. It had all the mod cons. It had heating. It had hot water. It had uh, insulation. It was just lovely, really nice, and it kept you warm, very warm in those uh, those cold winter months down south there. We were amazed that uh, one weekend uh, while we were down there, they uh, invited us to come and have a look at their lambs, their flock, and to show us something quite incredible. So we went out to meet them on the weekend. Uh, I think it was on a Sunday we went out to see them on the on the property with the, the sheep. And they showed us something that I'd never seen before. I, I, they, they called out, uh, one of the young girls uh, in the family called out to a particular lamb. And this lamb came out of the flock, recognised her voice, came out of the flock and came right over to her and nuzzled her and, and, and none of the other sheep came and it was very, very interesting. It was something that I'd never seen before and it was incredible for me that one sheep, one lamb could hear a particular sound, could recognise a voice and come over and, uh, and recognise it was safe. It wasn't afraid like sheep sometimes are, it was very, very comfortable. So one of the most well-known psalms in the Bible, as I've said, is Psalms 23, and it talks about the Good Shepherd. And perhaps, uh, Jason, you could read it for me this morning. Sure, I'd be happy to. So uh, Psalm 23, and we're reading from the New King James Version. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Yeah, thanks, Jason. Look, some might think, well, what's that got to do with the story I just shared? Well, if I go over to another psalm, uh, just over a few pages, to Psalm 78 and verse 52 to 53, we see how the Bible brings this theme in. It says, But he made his own people go forth like sheep and guided them in the wilderness like a flock. And he led them on safely so they did not fear, but the sea overwhelmed their enemies. So here we see God's people are referred to often in the Bible as sheep, as sheep. Okay, so we've got this uh, description of sheep. You've told us a story of sheep. So how does all this fit together? How does the story and this psalm start to connect the docs for me <laughs> yeah well what i'll do is um well i think we're pretty close to a break yeah, and, and i know are, it's yeah. time for us to have a break so when we come back from the break what i'll do is i'll dig in a little bit close a little bit more and i'll help to uh, share where the sheep references in the bible and that shepherd psalm 
helps to help, uh, help us understand a little bit more about the depths of God's amazing love. Okay. So just before we go to the break, I'll just uh, give our number that you can contact us on. It's 0488-880-891. Now, that's a mobile number that you can text in. You can text in any time with a question or a comment or feedback. That would be great. Um, but later also in the program, there will be a special offer that you can text a code word in that will give you and we will be able to send you out a little book that we have selected for today's program. So right now we're going to take a break and listen to this beautiful uh, piece of music done by the Sons of Korah. We'll talk about the Sons of Korah just a little bit after, after the music. This is Psalm 23. my shepherd I shall not want He makes me lie down in pastures of green He leads me gently to water still And He restores my soul me always in righteous paths for his name's sake he leads me home and though I walk through the of the shadow of death I'll fear no evil for you Lord are with me you are always with me
the Sons of Korah singing Psalm 23. And the Sons of Korah, I've listened uh, on a number of times, a number of occasions when they've actually come down to Tasmania and uh, performed down here. It's been good to uh, see them in person. Now, David, I believe that the Sons of Korah were also in the Bible. Yes, they were, Jason. Sons of Korah, you may remember there is a story in the Bible that talks about a rebellion of Korah. And Korah was a man who spoke up against uh, uh, Moses and Aaron and their leadership. And he, he was of the priestly line. So he was a priest and he said, you know, why should God only speak through you? He, he, there was a rebellion that happened at that time and, and God made a judgment against them. But the, the whole family, all of their descendants weren't destroyed. And so the sons of Korah were musicians, a group of musicians, a psalmist, if you like, who were also of the priestly line. Yeah, awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. Uh, it's, um, it's amazing. The sons of Korah, the, the group that uh, are in Australia here, um, they specialise in singing all the psalms, you know, many, many psalms mm. they've put to music and they sing them. And Yeah, I yeah. love their music. So, um, David, uh, before the break, we were talking about sheep, we were talking about God, and uh, we were going to get a little bit more into how all of this uh, connects together, your story, yeah. the Psalm 23, etc. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Jason. Yeah, look, in Psalms 23, Psalm 78, we have this connection of uh, God referred to as a good shepherd and his people as, as sheep. Uh, the psalmist in, in 78, Psalm 78, is Asaph in this case. Okay, so there are other people who wrote psalms. Yeah, not just King David, not just Solomon. There was also many others. Actually, Moses even wrote a psalm. And Asaph, uh, like the sons of Korah, were also of the priestly line. Uh, they were Levites. And their job, uh, there was a number of different groups of, of uh, hymnists or, or psalmists, and, and we would call them music- musicians today, like, uh, yeah. like that musical group we just heard. Yeah. And they, they would write these psalms, these songs, uh, what we see in the Bible. Awesome, awesome. So Asaph, in this particular uh, psalm as we read it, he likens the people of Israel to sheep and God is their shepherd and a good one at that so someone who protected and led them all the way through the wilderness uh, another psalm is psalm 34 and king david in psalms 34 so we have asaph in 78 but king david in psalms 34 he actually explains the kind of shepherd that God is let me let me just read a couple of verses for you he says in psalm 34 and verse 8, I'm reading from a New King James Version, and it says, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. O fear the Lord, all you saints, for there is no want to those who fear him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. So that's uh, sort of reinforcing some of... Uh the verses in Psalm 23 as well. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And when we read this, um, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing, some people might say, well, that sounds like if if I follow God, he'll give me everything I want. You know, he'll provide whatever I ask for. Yeah, I think that's, that's a common sort of belief, isn't it? Like if we if we follow God, if we do all the right thing, then... 
we're going to get what we need and what we want and uh, life's going to be okay. Cruisy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, it's not saying that, though. It's not saying we'll be rich be- beyond our wildest dreams if we come to God and put our faith in Jesus. It doesn't make us isolated from everyone else and we're, you know, we're looked after and everybody else you know, has a hard time. Let me read those verses again. It says, in verse 9 and 10, it says, I fear the Lord, all you saints. There is no want for those who fear him. So that's where maybe people get that idea from. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. So just change the emphasis on the words and you see that it's not anything, it's any good Good thing. thing. Yeah. Yeah. So you see, you know, God, God's the one that created us. And I think if God created us, he knows what's good for us and what isn't. Like car manufacturer, when you get the, the manual from the car manufacturer, it tells you put the right fuel in, you know, because they made it. They, they know what fuel makes it work. And so here, God is the creator of us. He knows what's good for us. And he says, I'll make sure you don't lack any good thing. Yeah. Let, me, let me share an example with you. When I was uh, when I was a bit younger, uh, quite a bit younger actually. <laughs> time time goes on very quickly, doesn't it, Jason? It, it does. I'm uh, I'm sure I'm about you know <laughs> about the same. Um, yes. You know, you, you yes. start to realise how many years have gone past when you start thinking back and saying, "Well, it was only twenty or thirty years ago." And yeah, that's right. Anyway. Well, I was never good with money when I was younger. The more I had, the more I spent, and I was always in debt. And when I got into that IT field. I, I had a lot of income. I had a lot of income. When you have a lot of income, you don't seem to be... Some people, like myself, who weren't taught how to be really careful with their money, um, tend to earn more, you spend more. And that's what I was like. I was uh, always in debt. When I became convicted about my poor money management, I knew that God expected more of these good things that he gave to me. It's in Bible verses like Malachi 3, 8 to 10. It speaks about returning some of your money to God, and that was a concept that I'd heard before, but I'd never really put it fully into practice. Uh, It spoke in those verses about doing that, being a benefit for others, among other things. In other places, Jesus actually rebuked those who selfishly hoarded their money and did everything for themselves and didn't really worry about how other people were doing. You know, I struggled for a long time with this concept of of giving my hard-earned cash, as I saw it, back to God. But God was, you know, really patient. And I appreciate that about God, that, you know, we, we often have our own humanistic understandings of things. And God wants us to lift our eyes a bit higher and see things from a different plane or on a different plane at a different level. So the interesting thing happened after this when I was thinking about this kind of returning money to God, feeling responsible to do something better with the income that I had. There was this opportunity in a particular workplace where I could have deductions come straight out of my pay and sent wherever I want. So this was a, uh, a habit or, or a method that I was able to use to help me build a good habit of managing my finances better and what I'd do is I'd have uh, money that I wanted God to use taken out of my pay sent straight to that place where I needed him to use it and after doing this for about 14 years I built the habit of of just you know doing that first Mm -hmm. making that the priority in my life and putting God ahead 
of myself and my own thoughts and, and, and needs and things like that in that aspect of my life. And when I did that, I thought it was incredible that from that day on till today, I have never lacked anything that I've needed. Anything that I've wanted, I haven't got a Porsche yet, but yeah. I've never lacked anything that I've needed. It's interesting how, you know, when we get into the habit of um, giving, it changes our focus, doesn't it? Like it's it starts to be something that, um, you know, like if, if you you took it before you received the money, so it's almost like, hang on, I'm not even considering this money as mine that I could do something with, but instead I've made the priority to give that to another cause. And, yep. uh, and so it almost becomes something that is sort of almost effortless. It's rather than it's a reluctant, oh, I've got to give this money. It's, uh, it's just there. It's just done, and I don't even have to think about it anymore. Yeah, that's right. And look, I know you, we've got another break coming up, but just before the break, I'd like to share a story that makes it really practical um, so people can see that, you know, this is something that affects our everyday life. So we were holidaying in um, Tasmania in 2016. We had a couple of weeks. We were driving around, relying on our car the whole time. And about the uh, third day in, I think it was, uh, we were down at Coles Bay camping. And as we left Coles Bay and drove out of Coles Bay, um, heading towards uh, Port Arthur, the, the car broke down. It lost power. We had to pull off the road. And after trying a bunch of things and making some phone calls to people, everyone I spoke to said, your gearbox is gone. Uh, and, and I was distraught at this. I thought, oh, well, how can I afford in this you know mod, reasonably modern car, how can I afford $6,000 for a gearbox? And I was quite concerned. Um, my wife was stronger in the faith at the time, and, and, and she said to me, look, God knows you need a car, so leave it in his hands. And so you know, after some convincing, I did. And in the, you know, to cut a long story short, we ended up all the way back in Melbourne. We finished our trip. Uh, we were helped in so many different ways. And when we got back to Melbourne and the car company uh, assessed the car, they called me and said, it's not the gearbox, it's just a drive shaft. And it was only like $600, and I could find that kind of money. So God was good. God was really good. You know, when I did what God asked for me and returned some of my income to him so that others could be helped, in turn, when I needed help, God took care of those things that I needed. So the Lord was my shepherd, and I shall not want for any good thing. That's what I discovered. Yeah, thanks for sharing that, David. It's amazing how God does actually come through uh, when we put our trust in him and, and we we do what he asks. So mm. um, Let's uh, go to the break. Uh, this piece of music is called More Valuable Than These. And, and after we play it, we'll just uh, have a brief um, review of what it's talking about. It's, there's some really good words in here, so I challenge you to, to listen to the words and... Um, Take it to heart, it really relates to what we're talking about here of uh, God providing what we need. If the birds so free upon the breeze Neither sow nor reap Yet God provides for each of them All the things they need to eat if the birds so small and fragile Receive from God just what they need 
Why should you and I ever doubt his care? We're more valuable than these. Consider all the lovely flowers swaying in the grass. Solomon in all his glory, their beauty could not surpass. If God adorns the fading flowers with such tender thoughtfulness, then why should we distrust? Does he not care more for us? Ooh. Ooh. Why are you and I so worried? All his treasures, yours and mine. He's never once forsaken us. We can trust he won't this time. So stop your faithless questioning. Our needs are on his mind. Just seek ye first his kingdom. He will provide. That is Matt and Josie Minicus. Beautiful little song. I love the Celtic flavour in that uh, that whistle or flute or whatever it was in the background there. The uh, yeah, great little piece of music and the words really emphasising what we've been talking about. That God does provide our needs, um, but in uh, Psalm twenty three verse one it says, "I shall not want." And we're going to talk about that a little bit more in a moment. Just before we do, I'll just give you that number again, 0488-880-891. That's the number you can connect with us on and uh, feel free to ask a question or give us a, a comment or whatever. And it's also the number you can use to send a code word in later, which we'll give you. So, David, um, yeah, we were talking about everything you want, everything you need, what's the difference, mm. and... Uh, yeah, tell us a bit more about this want versus need. Yeah, thanks, Jason. Look, it's really great in, in when you look in the Bible, there are various locations in the Bible that have the same word with different contexts. And as you look at those different contexts, you get to learn more about what a particular word means. So in Psalm 23, we have that, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. What's that meaning? And we go across to... Uh, uh, Psalms 34 verse 9 and 10 that we read, it's the same Hebrew word that's mentioned three times in these two verses. And it uses want and lack interchangeably. Uh, the inference is that, that the sheep won't lack any good thing. 
if they follow the shepherd. He'll provide for them because he both made them and he knows what they need. So by application, that also applies to us. You know, that's what God is talking about where he says that we're his sheep. Uh, in the next Psalm, Psalm uh, 24, if you have your Bibles and you're looking, you're, you've got it open there with me. In Psalms 24, it says, um, oh, sorry, <laughs> not at the right verse, just a sec. The Lord is the, the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. For he is he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. So this is saying that everything, that God made belongs to him. He owns it, including us. So if God made everything, he certainly knows how to care for the things that he's created, including us, including us. And sometimes I think, uh, you know, we we want things that um, perhaps aren't even good for us. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's it's so true, Jason. You know, often we we <laughs> we want lots and lots of things, but then we get all those things and we discover that it's not the things that make us happy. And God knows that. You know, mm. He knows that it's sometimes best we don't get some of those things. Yeah, yeah. So coming back to that illustration that I used in the opening, when, when we started, we have this lamb that we were talking about, you know, the lamb that was hand-raised. Why did the, the hand-raised lamb come out of the flock and come up to its owners you know its owners had kept it close from the time it was young so they'd associated with it they'd loved it Mm. they'd hand fed it they took it with them everywhere they went and i've seen people do this Um, they have a trailer and or like a horse float or a small horse float and they take these animals with them everywhere Uh, people do it with dogs for sure but it's not usual to see it happening with uh, with livestock but there are people who who have this this affection for their livestock and they bring them up like pets and that's what they've done with this particular lamb and that that actually treated it like one of the family that establishes that close relationship and that trust isn't it that uh, you know and i guess you know we can have that with a pet we can have it with other people and I guess ultimately we can have that with God as well. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, this lamb learned that it was loved. It learned yeah. the sound of its name. It felt protected and it knew it was safe. You know, that's that's why it followed. It didn't follow because it was forced. It followed because it knew it was looked after. Yeah, yeah. The lamb knew it was loved, knew how it was going to be treated. And because of this, it had this incredible incentive to follow the shepherd or the owner and the same is true for us you know we we get to know god god wants to keep us close from the time that we're very very young and often we grow up with that and then perhaps we go and explore and do our own things for a little while but god wants that that relationship to be maintained all the way through our life he hand feeds us if you like he he wants to take us he wants to take us everywhere that he goes um, and he treats us like one of his family and that that to me is is quite an incredible thing that god can do yeah and this way when when this happens jason we learn that we're loved you know when we see the way god interacts with us and treats us we learn that we're loved we know and we discover as we we, we hear his voice at times and i have heard his voice we know that he knows us by name um, i had an experience once where he he I had this experience where God spoke to me and he used my name. 
So I knew that God knew my name. So, it was so, quite confronting. Well, yeah, what was that like? Like, did you sort of like, audibly hear it, or did you just uh, hear it in your mind, or? Well, was it was that? a it was a thought in my mind that I hadn't thought. Yeah, if that makes sense. So, and, and it, it, it must was like have been a voice, a powerful. You know, it must have been quite a powerful experience for you to, um, you know, feel that this was God speaking to you. It was. It was extremely powerful. I had. Uh, you, would you like me to share the experience? Sure. Yeah. We've, we've so got, I was we've got only fourteen at the time. Yeah. So you can hear the voice, voice of God when you're very young as well. Yeah. And I was uh, sitting in a church listening to a presentation that went for a week. And every night of the week, when the the speaker called for people to make a decision on what he'd been talking about, I felt the need to respond. Yeah. But I, I, it felt like glue was on my pants. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't I've, get out of my seat. I've been in similar situations, and, yeah. Yes, yes. And when it came to Friday night, it was the very last presentation. And as we were sitting there and he made this call, the voice, the, the, the impression, what I had in my mind said, David, this is your last chance. Yeah. It wasn't my thought, and yet it filled my thoughts. Yeah. And so I knew that this was the voice of God specifically because he used my name. Yeah. And, and you know, when, when we experience this, we know we're loved. We know he knows us by name. We know we're protected. And, and we can know that we are safe because God is my shepherd. I will not lack any good thing. And this is the best motivation for us to follow the shepherd. That's fantastic. Look, thanks for sharing that experience. It's, uh, it, it's powerful when we... Um when we can really experience and hear, you know, the voice of God, or we might not recognize it even as the voice of God, but we we feel something really powerful convicting us. And uh, but yeah, the fact that we uh, these, this passage uh, tells us that we will not lack any good thing. Mm, uh, we're that's gonna, right. We're going to go to a break, and um, this song's called "Loving My Jesus" by Casting Crowns. And it really talks about, I guess, our response when we know that Jesus loves us. I was a wandering soul Traveling a well-worn road A sinner so far from home No second chance I heard you call my name I felt you lift my shame And I made a vow that day That I'd spend the rest of my life Loving my Jesus Showing my scars Telling my story of how mercy could reach you where you are. And I pray the whole world hears the cry of my heart is to see all the ones I love, loving my Tries to make you hide Whispers that same old lie 
keep all your pain inside Cause no one will understand The last thing this lost world needs Is someone I'm trying to be The truth that has set me free Is that I'm just a broken man Loving my crowns with loving my Jesus that really talks about how we feel when we've been taken care of when we know that God has looked after us and how we want to tell that story to others so uh, David we've been uh, talking about um, Psalm 23 it's a very personal Psalm David talks uh, about his journey and and how he relates to God and how God has looked after him. Mm. Psalm 78 talks about the people of Israel and how God is going to know them and look after them. And so um, where, yeah, where do we go from here? Well, really, you know, once we, once we look in the Bible and we find these stories and we discover what the story meant to the original readers or f- um, for the original writers or singers in this matter, in this case, 
we can then apply what we learn there to our own experience. I think that song really brought it out because it talks about relationship, loving my Jesus. That's yeah. fantastic. When we read this, uh, the Lord's, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want or, or shall not need any, um, any, anything I need, I won't lack it. Um, we would never actually think as we read, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We'd never read that as a command. Uh, we wouldn't say that it's saying, God is my shepherd, so you better not desire other things. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, no. Yeah. No, we rightly read it as a comfort. And through, through what we've already discovered today, we understand that it's saying, you know, as we read the Bible, uh, we get a correct interpretation of it. Each person interprets it as they read it for themselves. And as I read this, I read it as, because God is my shepherd, I will not lack any good thing. Yeah. However, you know, in other places of the Bible, we then we then don't read it like that. We see this, you shall not. Well, you know, the, as you said, Psalms 23 is a very personal psalm. You know, it's it's uh, touching our, our our innermost being, our innermost needs. And when I go somewhere else in the Bible where it talks about you shall, you shall not, we forget that Psalm 23 is this personal interaction with us and and god wants the best for us we read often the ten commandments in exodus chapter 20 and we read i am the lord your god who brought you out of the land of egypt out of the house of bondage so you better not have any other gods before me you shall not I mean, yeah <laughs> yeah well, that's how that's how we read it yeah um, even subconsciously, that's how we read it. Hmm. But after we've looked at Psalm 23, Psalm 78, and we see that God is a God who is like a good shepherd. He wants the best for us, and he provides so that we can respond. Then when I think about that, because you know we look at the whole of the Bible, the holistic look at the Bible of what God is like, not just individual passages, I come back then. And I, re I can reread, and even in the original Hebrew, it allows for this interpretation. I can reread something as, as, as um, supposedly commanding as, you know, even the title says Ten Commandments. I can reread it as something like, because I brought you out of the land of Egypt, like a caring shepherd, you will not have any need of other gods besides me mm, so you'll not have a need for them instead of instead of a, a command it becomes a natural response for you know a response to what god has already done for us yeah that's right that's right like the like that lamb that came to its owners it came not wasn't forced mm. the the lady didn't call out and said you better get over here or yeah. you're going to get it yeah <laughs> it just called and yeah. it came because there was a relationship there and here i see in the 10 commandments there's a relationship and so it challenges me to reread the 10 commandments in mm. the, or reread other places in the bible where it looks like it's a command i reread it with this thought in mind that God is our good shepherd. And as I reread the Ten Commandments in particular, I read the Lord is my shepherd, so I will not lack any good thing. And I ask myself, well, what does that say in each of these commandments for God's provision for me? Yeah. For example, why would God say, don't misuse my name? You know, if you, if you have a relationship with God, the good shepherd 
you simply won't want to you misuse won't want this. To, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, I, uh, we've built a relationship, Jason, and and I wouldn't go and bad mouth you to other people because we've built that strong relationship. Yeah, I, I won't want to abuse our you know our friendship or, or your name and use it in a way that's going to defame your character. It's really that's powerful. What I see God saying here. It's a really powerful uh, shift in in thinking. If if uh, you know if we have grown up thinking of God if if we believe in God and we we believe in this authoritarian demanding God that um, you know demands all these things of us and and if we start to see this a different way it's a very powerful shift and yesterday extremely powerful yesterday we were talking with Peter Watts uh, about people's image of God and, and their you know attempts to try to you know, not believe that God even exists and, and mm. why that was the case. And he was talking about how we don't want to believe in a God that's, uh, you know, you know, or we may not want to believe in a God that um, doesn't fit uh, a nice image of God. And and I think this is the what you've done today is you've unpacked that so that we can actually see God in a very different light in that it's a loving mm. God that when we have that relationship with him, we want to come to him we want to have the response we want to uh, live like the ten commandments we call them the commandments unfortunately I guess in a way that sort of wraps it up then. but yeah, yeah. We, we want to respond in that way is what I'm saying rather than being you know we have to live by these set of rules yeah that's right and and one of the the commandments as we say um, that, that seems to be quite uh, forgotten today and perhaps that's the reason why God says remember don't forget this particular day um, there's a reason for the Sabbath and we'll talk a little bit more about that next week. Uh, we'll dig into a bit deeper, but you know, when we talk about rest, we're going to look at that uh, in more depth in the second verse of Psalms 30, uh, 23. But when we talk about the Sabbath, you know, would you have to keep this Sabbath or would you want to keep the Sabbath yeah. and spend more time with your best friend, with the Good Shepherd? Mm. If you know that he's looking after you, well, won't you want to spend more time? with someone who's going to look after all those needs that you have. Yeah. Um, Honouring your parents, you know, of course, you'd then see them as examples. Now, even if you've grown up in a, in a bad home environment and your parents haven't been a good example, at the very least, we can be thankful that they created us and we're here because of their interaction. Yeah. So, you know, that, that to me is, is something that helps us to build respect even for people who might not have earned it. Yeah. But when it comes to God, God is the ultimate example for us. Stealing, coveting, wanting things that we don't, uh, don't have, that other people have. You know, all of these things are things that we'll look at differently if we have a relationship with God and we see him as our good shepherd. Yeah. So it's it's my prayer as you reread God's handwritten laws, these laws and other parts in the Bible that you'll see God's amazing love, the good shepherd and how he provides for each one of us. So because the Lord is my shepherd, I will not lack any good thing. Yeah. That's how I read that first verse. That's fantastic, David. I really uh, appreciate your your presentation, your content today, and uh, I uh, hope and pray that our listeners have also gained something from it. Now, 
Um, we talked about an offer earlier on in the program, and our code word, I'll give it to you now, is AMAZING number one. So the word AMAZING, A-M-A-Z-I-N-G, number one. If you text mm. that to 488 we will get a little book to you. And what's the book all about, yeah, it's, David? It's called Creation and Evolution. We talked about God creating us. And, you know, I, I made that conversation in a way that was, um, well, that's what I believe the Bible teaches. So as we look at this this theme of of the amazing love of God, if God created us, he knows what we need. There's a purpose behind that creation. And there's a, a relationship that can be built because of that creation. And when you look at the evolution discussion, does that bring the same relationship? And so if you, if you, if you have questions about that, you know, order the book, um, put in Amazing One, text it to that number, and I'm sure that you'll be presented some of these wonderful examples of the differences between creation and evolution and why you choose one over the other. Yeah, okay. So you can do that any time, even, even uh, during the week, uh, even if you're listening on the um, recorded program that you can listen to on the app, you can still text in that number. So uh, you won't miss out if you're not listening live. That's okay. You can text in at any time and we will monitor. And if you text in during the week, we'll also... Uh, monitor that number if you've got any further questions so david uh friday mornings each week nine to ten we'll be with you with this series mm. called amazing love what have you got for us next week i think you touched on it before but uh, just give us one sentence uh, i know you don't want to give it away but just mm. give us one sentence yeah look just one sentence and, and thanks for that amazing love the topic that delves a bit deeper into it for next week is he gives me rest so if we if we think that god um, looks after all of our needs one of our needs is rest and we're going to look at that a little bit deeper next week okay that's fantastic now remember you can uh, listen to us on the faith fm app or the faith fm website faithfm.com.au um, but if you want to get the app you can get that from the app stores on your phone or tablet now uh, next monday is our next live program coming from hobart and Monday we have with uh, with me David Leo, and his program is titled Personal Encounters with Jesus, and Monday's topic is Water to Wine, and we're going to be uh, looking at John chapter 2. Mm. So it's been great having you listening t- today. Remember that number, 0488 Text in any time. Um, wherever you're listening... Whenever you're listening, we just hope and pray that uh, your the rest of your day is good and that God is with you and blesses you. We'll talk to you next week, David. Thanks for having me, Jason.